Don't watch me, watch Nolzine TV. It's the best video ever and subscribe to it. This is Jasmine Yvette and you're watching Nolazine TV. Okay. Also tell everybody where you're from. Originally I'm from New Orleans East. Um but I have a real love for the Seven Ward. Um, and that's because of my first love, Emmanuel Williams. I met him when I was like 13, so I kind of claim both. So I say TNR, Touro and Russia Blade, and then I also say New Orleans East. Okay. So, and so tell us, I'm like for the people who that, well, well I'm like for the people um, probably who don't know, I'm like, tell us, I'm like, what do you do? So I feel like I'm like a media genius because like I do a bunch of different things. I graduated with my PR and advertising degree and I specialize in um, journalism, but I have my own media company as well, Jazzy TV Media, and I do my own uh, set of interviews, but then I'm also a manager. So I manage an artist by the name of Nige, um, a producer by the name of Six the Producer, and I have an illustrator, an artist by the name of Justin Richburg. So um, I'm just that. I'm, I do a bunch of different things, but um, I love media. I love the music industry and I love entertainment. You're a media mogul? Yes. Okay. So, like growing up, I'm like, did you ever I'm like, think you'll be doing this? Um, I will say that I always love to be in the front. I always love to be heard. I was the talkative person. Um, the one that my teachers used to say, she probably has ADD or she, <laughs> she doesn't work faster than everybody else. And she interrupts everybody else. So I always knew that I, I, I talked too much. Did I know journalism was gonna be it? No. Cause I also was like told I was like this tall, skinny, pretty girl. So my first dream was to be a model. Um, I was. That was like my original goal in life. I was going to be the next Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell, but those dreams didn't work out. So I had to tap into my other talent, which was communication. Okay. So communication. So, you know, I didn't really know you was until you, like you actually was coming back to the city. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is dope. Like I saw you was working on yeah. um, with the Breakfast Club. Um. I'm um, actually, I'm like, do you, I'm like, interviewed, I'm like, Charlemagne, and that was very dope to actually see that. Yeah. Like, coming from this city, because, like, we don't really have that many people who actually interact on with, on like, celebrities. Yeah. And that, like, I, like, I want to give you, I'm like, your flowers early. Yeah. And be like, why you can smell them. Thank you. you know, I mean, I think with Charlemagne and Angie Martinez and the people that I was able to surround myself in that industry, um, that was just something that, again, if I was going to, be in this industry, I wanted to be around the best. And I'll never forget, there was this guy, he was a big, he still is, he's a big, big um, radio jock, I mean, huge. And I came for him, I was like, look, I really need help, I really wanna get in the industry. And he was like, the media industry's oversaturated, you know, won't you just, you know, either go upstate or do something else with your life, like leave it alone. And at that moment, I felt like he was trying to discourage me, but he didn't, he actually kind of like pushed that button that I needed. And when he did that to me, I was like, I'm gonna prove him wrong. Like I'm gonna be around some of the big, biggest and best people in the, media. in the media industry. And that's what I did. And not only was I surrounded, because you gotta understand, it's one thing to um, be it around these people, but it's another to build a relationship with these people. And I was able to accomplish that. You know, Charlemagne calls me his niece. 
Um, I'm well respected by a lot of the big media people like B Dot and Elliot Wilson and Angela Rye and they know that I'm that young, hot, fresh thing that's coming up and, and I felt like I earned that and I earned it the the hard way. I mean I, I took the sleepless nights, three AM in the morning getting up. Um, having to be at the breakfast club because you got to understand that show starts at 6 so we had to prepare for the show at 4.30 that means I had to be up out my bed by 3 o'clock in the morning and then leaving the show I went straight to school to try to get my degree so the hustle was there um, and believe it or not I'm talking about I was 27 years old doing this so I've been in New York already 11 years my first set of years I was like mad depressed not knowing exactly what I wanted to do and then by the time I hit 25, I was like, look, let's buckle down, let's really tap into your gifts. And when I was able to do that, um, it became, it was like God lit something at the, type of, like the top of my head and the doors just opened. So I always tell people, don't ever be discouraged by your, your age, don't ever be discouraged about if you waited too long, you know, I'll be 30 in two months and I could proudly say that I'm just starting, but I know that I got a bright future, so. So, and like far as like being, I'm like a part of the Breakfast Club, I'm like, tell us um, like a little bit more like just, it was just only, how did that happen? <laughs> people believe it or not, people don't, it's a hustle. I always tell people all the time, New York is a hustle. We talking about thousands and thousands of application. I didn't even fill out an application. Um, believe it or not, and a lot of people don't know that. I, um, I'll tell you how, in a short story, I'll tell you exactly how I got in the door. Um, I wanted to be in media. I studied everybody. And there was one person that I studied up close, and his name was BDOT. And BDOT is um, on Rap Radar. And he's the one with Elliot Wilson that did the big interview with Jay-Z. And I was in his DM and I was like, look, what do I have to do? I want to learn. I want to get in the game. And he had a show. Um, he was interviewing Russ. And he invited me to the show. And literally, that's what I did. I started building relationships. I talked to him. I was telling him he saw my passion. Next thing I know, he called Angie Martinez up directly and said, Hey, Angie, um, I have this girl. She's dope. And she wants in. And Angie asked me to come in. Angie said, what do you want to do? I told her exactly what I wanted to do. And she said, you're hired on the spot. So I didn't have the traditional route of filling out an application or praying that I was going to be picked. Like I literally hustled for that spot. And when I got the opportunity to take the spot, I sold myself and I told them I'm here for the right reasons and I'm only here to learn and to soak in and to be around the best and nothing else. So. It was pretty, pretty, pretty dope. Um, and then from Angie Martinez, working with her for almost a year, um, I realized I wanted to change sets. And The Breakfast Club actually is right next door to Angie Martinez's show. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. And literally, this is their station, and this is Angie Martinez's station, and we always interacted every day. So while I'm on Angie's show, I'm also building a relationship with people at The Breakfast Club. So by the time that year came up and there was like, what do you want to do as far as position goes? I had built up such a great relationship with Charlemagne at the time. He was like, we want to bring her on, you know, let's bring her on over here. And I was able to go over there and my life kind of like literally changed. Like 
I felt at home instantly. Like, it's like I knew exactly what I was doing. I became like this super duper dope junior producer. Like that's what they were molding me to be. Um, and I took that time and I'm talking about a year and a half of being there and I didn't play no games. Like these people became my family from Wax to, which is Charlamagne's bodyguard to, you know, um, Eddie, which is the producer over the show, um, Dan. There's a lot of people that people don't know about behind the scenes that I built real good relationships with. And those open doors to... But the people behind the scenes yeah, are the most important people. They are the most important people, and people don't realize that. And those are the ones that know all the celebrities. Those are the ones that want a celebrity... With, with, with 500 followers in New York, be the plugs, and people don't really know who they And they be coming through the door, and they tapping, dapping them off before they even dap off the host, you know? So... You know, another thing, too, is I tell people this all the time. Your presence is everything. You walk in like an intern, they're going to treat you like one. You walk in like a boss, they're going to treat you like that. I have had so many people walk into this radio station over the last year and a half and thought I was the executive producer. Like, no lie. They thought I was somebody, like, over something. And it's because I carried myself. Like, people see you like... But I just got to meet her. Yeah. Like, who are you? Like, what you do? You I'll never forget. <laughs> like, my favorite interaction, I think, of all time was Samuel L. Jackson. He had um, walked in. And his presence is strong. Like, there's certain celebrities, like, their presence is just strong. I don't care how many I ran across. Some is just very, very strong. He was one of them. But he made me so comfortable. He walked in. He said, who are you? And I introduced myself. He said, well, I'm your uncle. <laughs> And this is Samuel L. Jackson sitting next to me, asking me what I'm doing. I'm showing him my work. We chatting it up, writing it up, you know. And that's when I knew I had a gift because for people that other people are so all, they felt so comfortable around me. And, and, and that's what I'm running with right now. Like I'm running with the gift of making people comfortable talking to me. You know, I think that's my gift in life. Right. Like... And that's kind of how I started my company. I, like, I want to hear other people's stories. Yeah. Like, like, like they come up. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah. So, like, you know, but I already know your name, but I want to ask you, like, like why did you name your, if it's your media company, Jazz TV, like, but you have a reason, I know. Yeah. Believe it or not, when I was nine years old, I think there was, like, four girls in my class named Jasmine, and I was over it. And I was like, this shit is not special. There's nothing special <laughs> about Jasmine. Like... And um, I remember just thinking about how H is holy. And I had already been through so much in my, as a kid and I always, always thought about protection. So thinking about that H being like a holy grail over my name, because it's still jazz at the end of the day, jazzy TV, the H is silent in, in my head. And when you pronounce it, but that H is very significant because it's a protection over my name. I was saying Jaws. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people would be like Jazzy, and it's not, but it's jazz. It's jazzy TV, um, and the H is just silent, and, and it's just that that marking for protection over me. Yeah. You know, yeah, like when I think of jazz, I just remember being younger and like somebody be like, yeah, but you jazzy. Like <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Um, so like growing up in New Orleans mm -hmm. and like being it like being I'm um, like just moving to a whole other city, I'm like, I wanna I want you to tell people, I'm um, like, how hard was that? Just it was just jumping and taking like a leap of feet. Um Well, it wasn't hard for me at the time because I had a reasoning I had so 
When I, again, when I was nine years old, my dream was to be a model. My dream was to be in New York. I have never not not wanted that. If you ask my mom, I always said, I'm not gonna stay in New Orleans. I was always that kid that said that. You know, Even when I was in a senior in high school, um, everybody was applying to all the schools in Louisiana and I, I didn't apply to one. <laughs> like I was like, I'll be, I'm determined, <laughs> I'm determined. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that what kept me out there was the death of my boyfriend. Um, two weeks before I moved to New York, because I was going out there no matter what. I had got accepted into college. Uh, like I said, my dream, my passion, that's where I was gonna be. Um, but he got murdered and killed in front of me two weeks before I was supposed to um, go to school. And it almost kind of gave me the stamp that I need to know that this place wasn't for me at that time anymore. Um, and I was trying to save myself from myself as well at that time. I think I was crashing at a very young age. So when I was able to go to New York, it gave me a fresh new start on life. Nobody knew me, nobody knew my story. Nobody knew who I was. I could just start completely over. Um, and what kept me there was wanting to save my life. You know, as you know, like I've done interviews prior and I speak about it all the time. I love my city. But at that moment, my city felt like it was drowning me. So I was trying to run away from New Orleans. I have them, but I have the moments. Yeah. And I was about to ask you a question about that. Like, you know, seeing your boyfriend get murdered mm -hmm. and like moving to New York two weeks later, like, did you ever feel like, man, I don't think I want to go back to New Orleans? Actually, I came back. I was, I was so stressed out and so depressed that I couldn't stay in New York. I was there for like three months and I left. Then I came back to New Orleans. But when I came back this time, I came back for like five to six months. And when I came back that time, I crashed, like literally crashed out. And I'll never forget, I had friends of mine that looked at me and they were like, you need to go back to New York. Like, this isn't for you. Like, we know who you are, like, go to New York. And I packed my bag again and I moved back to New York and I never looked back. I never looked back, I always looked forward. And I always told myself that, um, whatever God's place for me, or like his, his, his desires for me, let my heart lead me and it let me there. And sometimes I still be in shock, like it's been freaking 11 years I've been in New York, you know what I mean? I'm like, what the, like, it's been 11 years. It's been 11 years and it's been 11 amazing years and I, and I wouldn't take it back for nothing in the world. Well, I'm gonna say, I'm like the dope thing about it is that, you know, you've been living with, You've been living on the East Coast for over 11 years and you still want to come back home and you want to work with people from New Orleans. Yes. Which you don't have to. Like, being in New York, there's, there's like probably 50 million people living there. Like, you can interview people from out there. Yeah. You don't have, like, you don't have to ever look back. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. But, have, but like, in your mind, what you want to represent New Orleans? I love my city. That's how I feel. That's what I tell Like, you. when I walk in, like, let me tell y'all something. When I come, when I'm in New York, they love me. And the reason why they love me is because I'm so New Orleans. The way I talk, the way I walk, how I cook my beans. You're not trying to be one of them. I'm not trying to be none of them. I stand out so much out there. And how can I not give my flowers or be that vein for the same place that built me? New Orleans is, I tell people this all the time, like there's an energy about this city that two things, it could calm you down and it could also rile you up. 
when I say calm you down, I mean that it really shows you like love and family and like community and like people, like just the energy. If you ever been to one of our parades or if you ever been to one of our second lines, if you ever been to somebody cooking at their grandma house, like you understand what I'm talking about. Like, and then it also gives you like that spice that I'm talking about that you cannot go nowhere and party like us. Like, I don't care where you go. I've been to parties, like, I'm talking about with some of the biggest and best celebrities and you don't have the type of fun that you have down here. Yeah, I've been to parties, like, in the hills in LA, like, you can't bring your phone. Can't. You and they, I mean, they party a little wild, but, like, just, it's just something about New Orleans, like, you just, just, just to walk to different bars and just, like, I, yeah, you're right. There's, there's the energy is different. And I, I could say that because I've been gone for 11 years. Right. Like, I came back down here for a year. They even know why I've been down here for a year. Like, I still live in New York, but I've been here for a year. Like, I came here to do interviews, end up finding an artist and a producer, and now I'm, I've been down here for a year. But, um. And but you speak highly of your artist, so you really must. I, and you, I must, and you must see something in him. Let me tell you something. I got Don Pooh, um, that owns Brooklyn Chop House, to partner with me. I got this guy that his name is Make Mentor that um, has been in the industry for almost 25 years and has managed some of the biggest producers and writers in the game. And I don't know if it's me or if it's him or if it's as a duo, but I got these two guys to believe in us. And so it's like we're, we're going from the ground up with, with him. And it, yeah, he's special. He's special. But the so. crazy part is like just me having like a just it was just by me having like a few friends in the industry like. They have a lot of people actually actually looking for artists in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. It's just like New Orleans artists just don't know how to find their way to actually be seen by the, to the people. I tell people this too all the time. The media industry lacks down here as far as like executives and A&Rs and people looking to see who is down here. Um, but I will say this. I'm here now and I feel like I'm, when I do, put it this way. I know so many A&Rs and people that's in the music industry. I'm not selfish. And if I hear good music and I think that there's something in potential there, I will definitely will push it to the right people's hands. And I have. I've, I've let a lot of people hear people from New Orleans music, believe it or not. They ask me all the time. They're like, I know you know somebody down there and I'll shoot them. Um, sometimes it's not up to me though, you know? I, I, as soon as I first met you, I just automatically instantly thought of Karen Civil. <laughs> cause I actually met Karen Civil. Like it's funny, cause like I like outside of lab, like I'm a bad debt worker. Yeah. Like, I didn't jump in the Uber with Angela. And you we ride talking Google shit, but she don't know what the hell I do. I never told her I do. <laughs> but I'm like I'm a bad debt worker. But like as soon as I first met you, I'm like damn, you just gave me Karen Civil. Yeah. And, and, and like I and like I have a post two years ago. I like I, like I was like I'm looking for a female journalist who's fucking making a Karen Civil. Like we need that here. Yeah. And I think um, in all respect to Karen, cause. A lot of people, it's so weird because I spoke to Karen once on the phone through BDOT, but I know everybody that knows Karen, but I've never met Karen yet. I respect everything she does. I, I literally love I everything she her. does. I with her. She was just so, like, lit, like, like, just like, yeah. her energy is just, it's good. like, like, it was the same way, it was the same way how you just was telling, telling me, like, like, people just want to talk to me. Yeah. Like, she, like, That's she how she is. I think, though, with me, that I'm... I will say that I would like to 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 have my own lane and is um You'll find your niche. Yeah, but I already feel like my niche. I think that it's it weirdly enough, I'm I'm a healer. 
And I don't know if that's what Karen does or not. You know, she's a partier, but I feel like I'm I'm a healer, and I'm and that's what my goal is. I really want to be able to heal a lot of well, people. You got a party in the industry too. You know you got a party. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm that for sure. Yeah, but like all the best relationships come from party. You know, but it's like <laughs> weird. Like all all my best relationships came from awkward moments, yeah. like walking in a gas station or you know work or something like that. Um, or being at a restaurant. Being at a restaurant, you'd be so yeah. surprised. You have a weird like vibe like I just think people just automatically gonna talk to me. Yeah. Like I could be sitting there real quick and I'm like this, I'm like I could bet somebody like <laughs> like like this white person I start talking to Yep, me. yep, yep, yep. So it'd be like weird, I'm like I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. So tell us I'm like what's next for you? Well, I just ended my season two of Mixed Company, my finale with Big Frida. I just dropped that yesterday. Um, I have, yes, I have season three coming up, and that's going to be a real big production. I have a big production company signing on with me to do that one, and um, sponsorships and a whole bunch of galore good things. And then my artist is about to drop, Najee, my producer, right behind him. and then um, I have a bunch of like little projects that I'm excited about. I'm really, really excited about, you know, going into real estate and um, products that I want to start to put Jazzy TV merchandise and stuff like that, that I've been in the works with. So I got a couple good things going. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, but last but not least, tell everybody, I'm like, what can they find on social media, but your YouTube channel, et cetera. You can find me on Instagram at Jazzy TV. That's J-A-H-Z-E-T-V. Um, and also my YouTube is the same thing. J-A-H-Z-E-T-V. And we done. <laughs> Great. Z, Megan Scream. N-O-L-A-Z-I-N-E. Megan S-C-R-E-A-M. Scream. Nola Z, Megan Scream. You heard me.